0: Hey, everybody. You do not want to miss this episode of The Bitcoin Show. We have the one and only Joe McCann coming on the show for the third time. He is one of my favorite market analysts to follow on Twitter and to listen to on podcasts. He's a big Bitcoin guy. He's a big Solana guy. And he talks about where we're at in this cycle, what he sees from the stock market, what he sees from the crypto markets, what he sees for the NFT market moving forward. Talks a lot about Bitcoin ordinals, DeFi on Bitcoin, why he's investing in it. It's a fantastic episode of the show. very thorough, very in-depth. hope you enjoy it. The show is brought to you in partnership with Leather, the Bitcoin wallet, creating a bridge between the Bitcoin network and emerging L2 solutions. Leather is your self-custodied, open-source, and audited Bitcoin wallet. Go to leather.io for more information and hope you enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Tuesday, February 13th, another episode of The Bitcoin Show here with Trevor Owens, co-host of the show, on video. Absolutely love to see it. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if if it is your first time listening to the show, we do the show every week and we cover all things Bitcoin, macro, finance, and just about everything in between. The show is brought to you in partnership with Leather, which is the Bitcoin wallet creating a bridge between the Bitcoin network and emerging Layer 2 solutions. Leather is your go-to self custodied open source and audited wallet, allowing users to secure and manage Bitcoin, ordinals, stack cell two, and other Bitcoin secured assets like BRC20 tokens. Uh, Leather is Bitcoin for the rest of us. Simply put, for more information or to create your wallet today, go to leather.io and check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an action-packed show today with a very special guest who's been on this show before. I really, really enjoy listening to the way that he thinks about markets in general, and then specifically the crypto markets. He's the founder, CEO, CIO of CryptoFund Asymmetric. He has 22 years of experience working from Wall Street to Silicon Valley former senior director of Microsoft in the cloud and AI uh, organization, and just one of my personal favorite market analyst uh, podcast guests that you you can have in the crypto space. We have Joe McCann. Joe, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me back.
0: Our pleasure, our pleasure. Look, let's get right into it. Uh, it's been actually a really wild 2024 so far, and really even like Q4 of 2023. You've been going on podcasts pretty much once a month, laying out predictions. I guess, yeah, I've, I've been paying attention. Um, you know, today, Tuesday, February 13th. Uh, what is your kind of in your mind? What is the current state of affairs? I mean, the the ETF inflows are as strong as I think a lot of people imagined. Bitcoin broke through fifty thousand dollars yesterday um i mean no one cares about bitcoin at the same time no one is searching for it and uh, you're seeing assets like solana you know every time bitcoin pumps pump just a little bit harder i guess what in your mind what is the state of affairs in the market right now
1: what's not to love guys i mean (laughs) we went through uh what hell for like almost 20 months um Look, I mean, you know, uh, at the risk of sounding super self-absorbed, <laughs> we've we've had these views uh, at Asymmetric for a long time. In 2022, and we have the receipts, right? You can go read our market updates. We were super bearish in 2022. Um, from a macro outlook, <clears throat> the tightening cycle was going to dramatically impact the value of risk assets. That happened. Uh, 2023. We were more optimistic, um, consistent with our views that we had in, in September of 2022. We assumed that the Federal Reserve would stop hiking rates somewhere between 5 and 6%. So far, that seems to be the case. Um, but in addition to that, you know, we've had um, some idiosyncratic things in 2023 that uh, I don't think m- many were prepared for. You know, there were things like the, the Ethereum Chapella upgrade, Shanghai upgrade, uh, to, you know, proof of stake, which was an enormous achievement from the Ethereum community. So that was kind of like, you know, I think it was a no known, but it was still needed to happen and it executed well and um, hats off to the Ethereum community for that. Uh, but then the ATF news for sure, right? Um, that was huge. But before the ETF news, we also had, you know, uh, stress in the regional banks, which we identified a month in advance in February before it happened in March. We believed that, you know, money would flow to Bitcoin as a uh, kind of safe haven, digital version of gold, which you know more or less happened, and then finally with the ETF news um, in June, uh, you know we forecasted, and again we have the receipts, <laughs> to my Twitter thread, our our writing, et cetera. Um, BlackRock doesn't lose, so we were convinced that this was going to happen, um, and you know j- call it summer last year, um, early summer, July time frame. You know we had the Ripple news. You had uh, Bitcoin hitting new year-to-date highs, but then after that, it was nine straight weeks of selling, and so I think that kind of probably took the wind out of some people's sales. Uh, but Q4, uh, you know, I wrote about this as well. There was a major shift that happened in the markets, and one of the hardest things to do as a trader is identify these shifts in market structure. Uh, you know, if you're getting beat up 18, 20 months in a row down sideways down sideways um it's hard to recognize when the market is actually changing to you know a bullish momentum market and we were fortunate enough to identify that very early on in q4 and of course benefited from it so you know what does that bring us to today um i think the etf news is is uh still um the results of it will be felt for quite some time. I think you know crypto Twitter has the attention span of a fruit fly, so it's not a surprise that uh, you know you had this big run up in you know, up to the ETF and then subsequent selling off. And you know one of the things that I that I I, I noticed, which I also did not identify this, but no one identified this. Uh, all the talk about the ETF news. Um, no one said, hey, wait a second, what if all the ETFs get approved and Grayscale decides to make their fees 5X higher than anybody else and all of these you know, futures traders want to unwind that GBTC trade at the exact same time? No one set, saw that coming. No one talked about it. I've looked. I <laughs> didn't know it was coming. No one else knew it was coming. And sure, sure, surely enough, that gave us a, a gift, an opportunity to buy Bitcoin under 40K again. Um, where we are today, quite literally today, look, I think, um, it's a flow story. You know, I, have I tweet about this. I mention this in my telegram group all the time to follow the flows. Flows matter at the end of the day, like, yes, technical analysis and sentiment and narrative, those things absolutely matter a hundred percent. But like the proof is in the pudding. You start to see flows hit the tape, like they've been hitting. It's undeniable. And, um, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, like, right. Google search trends. No one's paying attention to this beyond crypto natives for the most part. Um, and as we kind of see more of these flows hitting the market, I mean, I posted, you know, I have some software that I've written in internally at asymmetric to help identify, you know, order flows and, and kind of reading the tape in real time. And I posted some videos in my telegram yesterday, like it was hand over fist buying yesterday. I mean, it, it chewed through thousands of Bitcoin up near 50K. Yes, obviously pulled back a little bit today on the CPI news, but it feels like the train has left the station. Uh, you know, I, I, some of the alts, certainly like Solana, for example, uh, consolidated for quite some time um, since their big run up in in late December, kind of sideways to even a, a pretty decent pullback, seeing that kind of across the board with other alts. And then, um, you know, they're, they're gearing up for their next leg higher. So none of this is, of course, financial advice, but. The way that I kind of view the market is, is that structurally, you're going to have this kind of persistent bid into Bitcoin um, with the ETF flows, all boats rise. And, and, you know, folks are going to be looking at, well, what is going to be the beta to Bitcoin? Some people look at Ethereum as that. We do not. Um, We look at Solana as that. And we look at some other um, potential altcoins as getting more beta exposure to Bitcoin uh but it's the same thing if you've been in these cycles long enough you you know what happens right bitcoin goes up leads the charge king bitcoin then the alts catch up right bitcoin stabilizes maybe dips a little bit trade sideways etc and then it's it rinse and repeat and so i feel like we're in that paradigm of course we have the having come up coming up i think it actually accelerated nine days today to april 11th i thought it was going to be 420 which would have been perfect for the memes but yeah. um you know we'll see what happens but Look, long story, long answer, longer. Um, We find it very difficult to find a compelling bear case right now, given the current setup. Um, Yes, the inflation print came in hot today. We got a lot of data ahead of the the cuts that are going to be coming later. Our view is second half of the year. I never thought March was going to be a a date for cutting. I thought that was nonsense. Um, There's a lot of data between now and then. It is an election year. Um, So, you know, yes, the stock market is certainly overheating, um, but can always go higher. And, uh, you know, crypto has one of these characteristics where, uh, you know, if, if if you think it can't go any lower, think again. And if you think it can't go any higher, think again.
0: Definitely setting up for fireworks this year. Um, you know, I wanted to ask about your position, you know, your thoughts on 2024, uh, in terms of like what the Federal Reserve's action will be. But before we get to that, you touched on one thing that I also wanted to get to is you talked about how we kind of know how this is going to play out based on previous cycles. Bitcoin goes up, and then you can look at other assets. Last cycle, definitely Ethereum. You tweet nonstop about how it's Solana this cycle. And uh, you know, I'm hey, look, we have a project on Solana, I'm a Solana guy as well. But I'm wondering, do you think the ETF makes a significant difference where maybe does Bitcoin outperform Ethereum this cycle? Like, if you just look at cycle bottom to cycle top, how much of a factor do you think that the ETF is? Or are we not gonna feel it as much this cycle? We'll feel it next cycle.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a great question. And, um, you know, I always preface the.
0: Well, oh man, I'm hanging on it. We lost Joe for a second. I think we got a headphone out of the ear, uh, and that's happened to me too. Uh, the apple airpods aren't the best ladies and gentlemen i don't, I don't know if uh, that's what joe has but he'll be back in just one second if you're watching on video you can see joe troubleshoot this uh right now we just had a uh, a little headphone pop out of the year no big deal he's a professional he'll be back uh trevor i haven't given you a, a moment to say a word yet on the show uh how's it going going good man I, you know i want to you know joe said he's like it's difficult yeah. to find case right oh, now beautiful yeah, so- Joe, you said you just said it's difficult to find a bear case right now and I I agree, man. I'm it seems like it's too good to be true right now. And I'm just wondering, what could we be missing here because at the same time there's a sentiment that we're not in a bull market, but like the numbers are going up and they're going up a lot, but we're not seeing an onboarding event like we saw with, you know, NFT top shot and like, you know, Ethereum 2021 cycle. There's still friends of ours in the space who haven't come back after they left when when 2022 hit. But yet here we are, everything is like up and to the right. So those events happened after the having Trevor last cycle is the one thing that I think about Uh, Joe. Sorry, go go ahead, please. Yeah, No apologies for the
1: technicals. I have a ghost in my machine that randomly likes to mute my headphones when I'm on podcasts. Um, So uh, to get to your question, Trevor, Let me talk about Ethereum first to answer the original question, and then I'll get to the thing that you're describing um, because there is probably a segue in there. So first, as it relates to you know Ethereum um, and will Bitcoin outperform Ethereum this cycle? I think there's a non-zero chance that that's true, and I'll explain why. Um, One, uh, if you if you look at the ETF news as it relates to Bitcoin, um, the spot ETF and spot ETFs, I should say plural, provide basically this persistent bid into the spot markets um, as you know more uh, shares of the ETF are actually you know, minted or created. right? And as the demand for this continues to pick up, um, that just drives more volume in the spot markets. I mean, we, we barely touched the surface and we had half a billion dollars of flows yesterday, right? Uh, why is this going to get even crazier? Um, in m- my view, uh, we haven't even begun to trade options on these ETFs. And so at Asymmetric, we trade everything. So spot derivatives, um, you know, futures, forwards, options, etc. And we track these, uh, the, the vol associated with Bitcoin pretty heavily. What we haven't been able to do is track any sort of like TradFi related options associated with the ETF because it hasn't existed yet. And the thing about the banks and and the asset managers as it relates to the ETF, I think that a lot of people don't actually understand is that it's not just the ETF. The ETF is kind of like the appetizer. These banks are going to take the ETF coupled with the options markets and create what are called structured products. Okay. So I'll give you an example of what this is. Uh, Morgan Stanley, I'm just picking a bank. Could go out to all their, you know, private wealth or you know, institutional clients and say, "Hey, we have a product that will give you percent, uh, you know, return on per year, and it's uh, a short strangle over Bitcoin ETFs." You don't need to know what a short strangle is, but the point is, is that when you sell options, you take premium in, so you're taking in cash, and then they package that up, make a bunch of money on fees, and sell that to. Uh, you know, their clients. Um, This could have a dampening effect on the actual implied volatility as it relates to Bitcoin, but we don't know what it's going to do to the realized volatility of Bitcoin. Um, Our view is that Bitcoin continues to trend up into the right. It's a hoarded asset uh, as more and more people need to get exposure to it, whether it's through 401ks or it's through uh, you know, some mandated allocation or these funds, uh, whether hedge funds, etc., start to dip their toe in the waters or having to buy reasonable size of ETFs. All of this stuff is bullish momentum behind the ETF, or excuse me, behind the spot price. Um, but the structured products is where where stuff gets really wild because the amount of money the banks can generate off of these structured products is huge. So those options are going to get approved by the SEC. There's just not a scenario that I see where it doesn't get approved and when that happens, um I don't think a lot of us are pricing that in yeah. uh, we are actively monitoring it uh, but what does that have to do with say you know outperforming ethereum well, our view is if you look at Gbtc, which is pretty much the only you know product if you will there's obviously futures products and whatnot prior but it had roughly, you know, twenty plus twenty-five billion. I don't remember the, at the peak. It was a lot of money in AUM prior to the spot ETFs being available. Well, what was Ethereum's ETH, e, uh, Grayscale's ETH product at? Even today, it's only at about five billion dollars, give or take. I mean, I don't know the exact number. So we're talking like maybe a fifth, you know, fifteen to twenty percent the AUM. Why is that the case? Because institutions don't give a shit about Ethereum right now. When I say institutions, I mean institutional allocators. Bitcoin has always been on the radar, well, always, for the past number of years, on the radar of hedge funds and asset managers and uh, institutional uh, investors, whereas Ethereum was not because Bitcoin was probably the one that they could most understand. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the easiest way to describe it, right? Um, there's just not an institutional bid right now from traditional finance through uh, ETH as a proxy. It just doesn't exist. It does not mean that there won't be demand for the ETH, ETH, the spot ETF, but I do not believe that it's going to have the same level of impact as the Bitcoin spot ETFs. Now, to, to take the other side of that, one could argue because Ethereum has, uh, in theory, a deflationary uh, monetary policy because they're proof of stake, that you could see Ethereum getting bid up from institutional allocators, as well as activity on the network picking up, thus uh, reducing the amount of supply, and you could end up with this kind of potentially parabolic move. That would be ideal for ETH bag holders, right? Problem with that is uh, the activity on the network, even though it's been ticking up recently, I saw somebody shared yesterday, somebody spent like a a couple hundred thousand dollars on an Ethereum transaction, insane
0: um like just the gas fee the the transaction the cost. Fees, yeah.
1: exactly right and now people will say well with joe no one's going to use the eth l1 and this and that and i'm like "Bullshit." <laughs> that's, that is exactly what people still use this day not everybody can understand the ux nightmare that's associated with which l2 which wallet which network do i need the token how do i bridge etc etc those are solvable problems i've been saving this saying this for years on the user experience side but the notion that um you know Ethereum is going to maintain this deflationary policy, which is you know a a, a core requirement of that is activity on the network. And as you can see, activity is pushing out to L2s, which is currently the, the scaling solution associated with Ethereum, that drops the amount of activity on the L1 by an order of magnitude. It's significant. And so it's really this odd conundrum where it's like, well. If the L2 activity goes up 10, 100x, then it'll start to have a material impact on the settlement layer. That is true. That requires a 10 to 100x increase in activity on the L2s. And by the way, there's like 40 L2s, right? So, which one or which ones will actually make this a reality? So, look, I think probabilistically, I look at the the, the data today and the information that we have today. And what it says to me is if you look at the AUM and ETH e versus GBTC prior to the spot ETF, it's about a fifth. Okay. There's not a lot of institutions that are looking currently to allocate significantly to Ethereum. Now that there is an ETH spot ETF backed by BlackRock and others now, they will probably start to open their eyes to this alternative, you know, call it beta to Bitcoin ETF. But is that going to outperform Bitcoin? Right. Bitcoin's a hoarded asset. And we have the happening. Right. So our view kind of is, we, you know, we think there's a strong chance that Bitcoin for this cycle, if that even is the case, uh, maybe we just have a persistent bid from here on out. Uh, but call it like the next, you know, whatever, 12 months. There's a very uh, I think there's a very good chance that Bitcoin actually outperforms Ethereum. So before I answer Trevor's question, you know, any comments or questions around that?
0: No, I mean, I love it. We had Fred Kruger on the show a few weeks ago. Do you, do you follow this guy, Fred Kruger, on Twitter?
1: Uh, I, I know I know of the account. I don't follow him,
0: though, yes. Uh, he's an electric follow. Uh, but anyway, he was on the show a few weeks back, and he was talking about, uh, you know, he com- comes from Wall Street. He was a late 80s, early 90s Wall Street Oh, guy. yeah, this guy's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he did a Twitter space yesterday. It's funny. We broke 50K. Fred Krueger dropped a Twitter space. Mike Alfred dropped a, a Twitter space. You know, all the boys were out talking about Bitcoin yesterday. But anyway, he pointed out that Wall Street likes the champion. Wall Street likes the number one. And they're just getting to the point where they can start to wrap their head around Bitcoin. And the narrative that they're wrapping their head on uh, around is this is the digital gold. This is going to eat gold's market cap. It's going to be worth the same amount as gold. And they can understand that. Selling Wall Street on, you know, whatever the current narrative of Ethereum is, is going to be significantly harder. And I kind of feel like a lot of the things that you were talking about um, is kind of in line with that. I mean, we had James Saifert on our morning podcast from Bloomberg. He's the ETF analyst. He did uh, predict that Ethereum's ETF would be approved this year. I don't know. Does that change anything in the way that you're thinking about it?
1: Not really. I mean, look, I I, I agree with the, the the comments from the folks that you just re, that you just mentioned. Like, um, look that there's a, a so first of all, I do think the ETF gets proved. There's there's precedence. There's prior art. They just got to copy and paste. And as long as sort of the SEC doesn't uh, for some reason deem Ethereum a security, which I don't believe they will, this thing gets done. Um, again, BlackRock doesn't lose. So uh, I would never bet against the largest asset manager on the planet. Um, That being said, I agree about the the champion and the king. And also, you know, uh, being being a crypto native or being deep into crypto, like you you can kind of lose track or lose sense of how TradFi works. And in a lot of cases, these folks, they don't want to take on the career risk associated with investing in something that isn't blessed or isn't you know safe or wide, right? And you know they also miss out on major gains, and in some cases that will force them to create like some practice around an allocation to call them alts beyond Bitcoin, right? Um, but yes, imagine trying to explain to, I don't know, a sales guy who's selling products on behalf of a bank, Ethereum right now. Um, Ethereum is has claimed they are ultrasound money and they have also claimed that they're a world, you know, decentralized computer, and they are neither. Currently, they are neither. Bitcoin is ultrasound money, we know that, and there's clearly other L1s, namely Solana, but likely others, that can do uh things better, faster, uh, more efficiently, more effectively than eth today. Now, take that one step further. Imagine trying to expl- have a sales guy trying to explain to a pension fund who's going to buy products from them, "Let me explain to you the Ethereum roadmap and why it's <laughs> beneficial to their price." Like, "I'm a pretty technical guy and I'm like, good luck, man. I fucking don't get it." Right? Like I mean, I do get it, but and and I and I actually applaud the team given the the level of ambition behind this type of stuff. Like, if they can pull some of these things off, it's amazing, right? EIP four eight four four, like they pull that off, great. Except the net effect is barely an in- increase in the kind of throughput through the chain. It's it doesn't even get close to what Solana we you know say et cetera are doing today. It just it's not even close, and so. You know, there's a friend of mine I've known for a long time. This guy named Howard Linzon. Um He's he's been in you know, probably in his like late fifties. Sorry, Howard, if you hear this, but probably in his <laughs> late fifties. Um, been been on you know in Wall Street and investing and in startups and all kinds of stuff for a long time. He was one of the guys that co-founded StockTwits.com many years ago. Big name. And he just actually came back to be CEO again, which is awesome. Um, And, uh, you know, he tweeted at me and Kyle Samani from Multicoin yesterday asking us, like, uh, you know, the three horsemen for crypto right now are Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Sol. Am I missing anything? And I was like, I think that's right. You know, Bitcoin is digital gold. ETH, first smart contract platform. Solana, fastest and cheapest smart contract platform. So I'm not suggesting, again, like, I'm sure I'm going to get hate on this because people are saying I'm shitting all over Ethereum. It's not really the case. As a trader, I look at what's the relative value between A and B. And if I look at the relative value between Bitcoin and Ethereum, to me, as it sits here today, it's Bitcoin. If I look at the relative value between Ethereum and Solana, to me, the value is obviously with Solana.
0: Uh, Very well put. And, you know, when we think about like, all right, so over at Asymmetric, obviously, you've been tweeting about how bullish you were or or what you were predicting for this cycle for quite a while. Like you've pointed out, you have the receipts. At this point now, $50,000 Bitcoin, Solana nearing $120. How do you all approach deploying capital in 2024? Is it a buy the dip scenario? I mean, you guys are doing obviously very advanced stuff. You're also in the meme coin game, which is a game that I don't have the stomach for. What does 2024 capital deployment look like for asymmetric? asymmetric? Obviously, whatever you can talk about. Sure, sure.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, look, you're right. Like we, we, uh, this probably sounds a bit conceited, but we do run a sophisticated portfolio. And it's it's me and, and my, my partner Chris. Um between the two of us, we have almost 50 years combined trading and investing and in portfolio management experience. Um, you know, we we both have our respective skill sets and together it's you know, call it like Pippen and Jordan or Kobe and Shaq, whatever you know, analogy you want to use, but that's kind of how we feel. We're we're very much in rhythm, we're very much in lockstep on how we view the market and also more most importantly, how we want to express our views in the market. And I think This is where, like, uh, when we think about, like, deploying capital, right? So on the hedge fund side, we're a long, short, discretionary multi-strat. We do whatever we want for the most part. Um, We obviously have very strict and tight risk controls in place. um, And that enabled us to effectively outperform 99.9% of crypto hedge funds last year um, by a mile using no leverage. uh, Because we know how to actually, you know, express our views with the instruments available to us. Uh, and also, you know, obviously some luck and timing in there. But the way that we kind of are positioning ourselves for 2024 is, yes, we do believe from call it a macro perspective. We think crypto risk assets in general, but certainly crypto uh, are going to benefit. Um, we think, of course, Bitcoin uh, will likely achieve new all time highs. Um, it's hard to see a scenario where that isn't true, but don't rule it out. Obviously, uh, suspend disbelief that you could be wrong. Um, that being said, one of the things that we we tend to do and I talked about like, you know, trading options and volatility that benefited us immensely in Q4, uh particularly on Solana and Bitcoin, um, is selling volatility when it's high and buying it when it's cheap. And um, you know, most recently when uh you know, leading up to the days of the ETF approval and launch, you had Bitcoin falls uh you know, near 100 in the upper 90s, which Pretty much for the prior twelve months was a mean average of about fifty, maybe forty-eight. So we're talking, you know, when implied volatility goes that high, you have people really buying upside or, uh, you know, bidding calls potentially puts too if 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 the market's pulling back. But when vol is high, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of demand for um, options, and we like to sell vol in those scenarios. Uh, so one of the things that we tend to do is we rotate back and forth between when vi- vol is really high and this could be Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, it doesn't matter the asset, we want to sell it, but we never sell anything on, a, on like a, from a naked perspective, right? We would never short a call that is suicide in crypto. Yeah. Um, we would always have the underlying asset to cover it in case we got called against it, right? And so this can kind of like generate some additional income if you don't get called to it or if you do, it's targeted profit-taking. And the same thing happens on the put side, right? So we sell puts to take in some premium, take in some cash. If it goes through the strike, cool, we're buying it at that level anyway. It doesn't really matter. In in the meantime, you know, we have this kind of basket of assets that we kind of rotate in and out of. We have absolutely some core long positions, um, you know, Solana, Bonk, these types of assets, right? Say, et cetera. Um, But we see Bitcoin and the options markets, particularly as it relates to Solana, uh, enabling us to really execute on our strategy quite well, especially as we're kind of in this trending up into the right. Because even today, right, nothing just goes, first of all, you don't want anything to just go straight up because you know what happens next. You wanted to do like this sinusoidal pattern up into the right. And so, yes, buying dips is probably smart, but, you know, within reason and doing it in a smart way, Right. We don't just buy spot. We want to actually find, hey, like vols were really cheap two weeks ago. Now they're not, right? Like buy vol when it's cheap, sell it when it's expensive, and kind of rinse and repeat from there.
0: Well, and, and I want Trevor to get his ques- uh, question answered about whether we're in a bull market. He's still wondering if we're formerly in a bull market. But then I actually wanted to shift gears a little bit to NFTs. Obviously, we've seen Bitcoin ordinals have a real rise to prominence over the past 12 months. Very notable collection. Quantum cats dropped recently. Obviously, Trevor's uh, pizza ninjas dropped recently. On the NFT side, are you paying attention to Bitcoin ordinals? Um, and also, do you think that the total volume in the NFT market will get back to what it was last cycle? and and or do you think it'll go beyond? I know you have Mad Lads. You have an NFT profile picture right now. What, what, what's kind of the state of affairs in your mind with NFTs? Sure.
1: So um, we're all over NFTs. Me personally, and, and also on the fun side. In fact, um, I guess we can break the news on your show. We are actually launching uh, a Bitcoin DeFi early stage venture fund.
0: Whoa. So, yeah. <laughs> You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Joe McCann. Airhorns. Oh my God, it's so good. Um, I, I will not. Uh,
1: and 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 that the person that's joining the firm to run this with me. Uh, I don't want to uh spoil the press release, so you'll have to wait for that. But this person has been in in Bitcoin for a very long time, and is extremely well networked, connected. Um, has a you know a pretty uh, I would say. Arguably huge following, et cetera, et cetera, and you know he and I have been friends for a while, and we both kind of came, you know, we we chatted last summer because I was seeing what was happening with with ordinals and BRC twenty trading. You know, I'm a big fan of stacks and what Muneeb is doing over Trust Machines for a long time, and and you know he he was chatting with me and he was like, man, I really think that there's like an opportunity here. There's going to be Bitcoin on DeFi. I was like, I completely agree. I just don't have the bandwidth to spin up another fund, right? So we reconnected in December and we'd agree, like, let's just do it together. We'll do it on asymmetric. So, you know, we're raising a fund there, uh, early stage uh, venture fund. It's not a hedge fund, um, but basically backing folks that are doing interesting things with ordinals, BRC20s, L2s, new protocols that I'm not even probably up to speed with uh, on Bitcoin, and a lot of it has to do with the fact, like what, what you outlined, right? Like NFT trading. So I, I was fortunate to mint, mint uh, three of the Quantum Cats. Uh, big oh, nice. fan of the team. Yeah. Uh, and and look, like part of that uh, part of that reminded me of what was happening with Solana NFTs in the summer of 2021, because there was this sort of like, oh shit, the website got. You know, DDoS twice, right? The demand is through the roof. It's not like it's the same setup as Solana. Now, obviously, it's a different protocol, and obviously, the user experience is going to be different because it's not Solana, but the sentiment is effectively the same. And furthermore, you know, part of our like uh, thesis behind why a dedicated Bitcoin, DeFi, you know, early stage venture fund is because Bitcoin is a trillion dollar market cap. And it has like 0.3% of it associated with DeFi right now. Like the the growth potential in this is ginormous. And by the way, I don't care what maxis think, right? Like I don't have to pass some purity test and neither does the individual that's joining the firm. So we don't really care. Like we want to participate in this and it's happening, right? Like trading volumes for whether it's NFTs or BRC20s. Are undeniable at this point. You you can no longer just be like, oh, that's some you know, kiddie nonsense bullshit. Like, no, no, th- there's real flow here. There's real. There's real numbers, and that means that as more money comes in, more developers come in, as as the technology improves, like we're we're seeing roll ups and stuff uh, now being available on Bitcoin. Like, there's going to be a Cambrian explosion beyond what we've already seen as it relates to um, you know VRC 20s ordinals other protocols and l2's uh, you know stacks has the no- Nakamoto release coming up which is a which is a huge step function improvement in what you can do with stacks like as an investor and even as a, as a trader you know take your you know your philosophical or you know evangelical beliefs aside like if your job is to generate returns for my investors which is my job or if you're a trader and investor and you want to generate returns for yourself like look at what's happening and recognize it and and act on it. And so we're doing that. Ironically, there's literally only two dedicated funds right now in the world for Bitcoin, uh, for early stage venture Bitcoin. I mean, it's shocking to me. And so I look at that and go, everybody, all these other VCs, which I'm friends with, a lot of these guys, don't get it twisted. They're so invested in Ethereum that they can't see the opportunity that's existing right in front of them. And so that's my opportunity, right? So I think you're going to see truly like a huge amount of uh, activity and explosion as it relates to what's happening and call it, let's just call it loosely Bitcoin DeFi that can include NFTs. Yeah. Um, And I do think that there will be, you know, kind of breakout uh, apps that do onboard new users that, that uh, find ways of getting people that have bought their first Bitcoin finally because it's safe because the SEC said it was right. Like, Now they're going to start to play in these other areas. Uh, And of course, speculators and punters are going to be migrating from chain to chain, bringing their mercenary capital with them. So as the user experience, whether it's using Xverse or leather or these other, these other dApps on, on Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin DeFi ecosystem improve. um, There's going to be a lot of, a lot of money there. And and finally, I think the last thing is, yeah, Bitcoin's trillion dollar market or whatever, 950 billion trillion dollar market cap, depending on what the price is right now. Like, If you unlock a fraction of that, right? Like you you unlock 10% of that, that's 2X Solana, right? Like, you know, so it just, again, look at the probabilities here. I don't know. I could be dead wrong on this, right? But it feels like there's going to be this massive explosion in in the space.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 feel the same comparison that you're making to previous NFT cycle. And then I also think you brought up the maxis. I feel like the maxis completely ignored NFTs last time. They just kind of shat on them and totally ignored them. So it's almost like they don't have the scouting report on how the market's going to work. So an experienced guy like, like you and whoever this partner is can probably come in and really crush uh, you know, with, with a new fund. I know that you have to leave in just a couple of minutes, Joe. Last question because it's not a Joe McCann podcast if we don't talk about this. All right, so we got the dog coin guy on the show ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so we got Doge, With, Bonk, Shib. What are the two most interesting to you? Bonk is number 1, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, so uh yeah, I mean, I've been a Bonk holder for a long time um and will continue to hold it. The the, the community of folks behind or uh, involved in that project, like you couldn't hire them at startups. They're so good. I mean, it's ridiculous. They keep shipping new products. They have really like innovative ways of tapping into culture. um They are the most integrated token throughout the Solana ecosystem. I mean, it's, it. I, people are like, you know, in, in my Telegram chat are like, oh. Bonk, it's over. I'm like, dude, it's up like 25X in (laughs) in three, four months And so i like, only in crypto is somebody complaining at this point. And I'm just like, I haven't sold any. Like, why would I sell any? This thing, the the potential for Bonk relative to previous cycles is enormous, right? So let's just do basic math, okay? Solana at the last peak of the cycle was called like 260 bucks, maybe a little more depending on the exchange you're on, right? So it's 260. It's trading one hundred eleven dollars right now. So let's I don't know two hundred thirty three percent from here, and you get back to all time highs. Um, during the last bull market peak when Solana was two sixty, Doge was eighty five billion <laughs> market cap. Shiba Inu forty eight billion market
0: that one, cap. That, that one is so insane to me. That like out of all of them, exactly. that that top like that's insane to me. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, please. No,
1: no, it, it is. It's insane. And and so I don't know, it get to why. It got to that number, and what and the importance of that as it relates to Blanc is Blanc right now is sub billion dollar market cap. It's like I don't know seven hundred, eight. I don't know where what is it at. Yeah, 800 hundred million dollar market cap, and we're and we're talking about um the cultural coin of a blossoming, if not exploding, ecosystem, which is Solana. And if Inu got up to forty eight billion. And when Ethereum was 4,800, well, where do you think Bonk goes if Solana makes new all-time highs? Like, if if Solana's trading 350, 400, 500, pick a number, just something over all-time highs, where's Bonk? Do you think it's still sub-billion-dollar market cap? I would argue no. (laughs) It's the only meme coin on Coinbase. Well, guess who Coinbase targets? Retail. Yeah. Who's going to be buying? Like. So again, put it all into perspective, you know, zoom out a little bit for the folks that are in my chat or panicking over this shit. It's ridiculous. Again, could be totally wrong. Could totally go to zero and blah, blah, blah. All that shit, right? But at the end of the day, like I just, it's really hard for me to see a scenario where Solana is trading 350 bucks and Bonk isn't multiple billions market cap. It's really, really challenging. Now there was, you mentioned four. Um, Whiff is interesting, you know, like, I have some small position, like, you know, I just kind of like let it do its thing. If the thing goes to a dollar, I'll probably sell it. Cause it's pretty, That I means unbelievable. Uh, I, I found out who the, the, the creator of it was, the actual creator of it was uh, the other day. And it's a great, like bizarre story. Like dude, didn't even have a laptop it was nuts. So um, there is one on the list that you didn't mention that I do think is actually worth mentioning. And yes, I have a position in this, the not financial advice, all that good stuff, right? Um, And it's the meme coin that's associated with the Jupyter platform, WEN, W-E-N. The reason I bring this up is, um, so in Solana, uh, there's a project that I also, Angel, invested in called Metaplex, which is basically the standard for NFTs, how any NFT kind of gets minted and produced and propagated, et cetera, is is using uh, Metaplex's uh, standards. Um, WEN created a new NFT standard. And uh, there is some desire within the Solani NFT uh, community to have an alternative to Metaplex. Um, as an investor, I don't want that, but as a community member, I also want choice, right? So I'm, I'm fully supportive of, of people you know wanting an alternative to Metaplex. Um, although I will say what Metaplex has done thus far for the community is uh, they did ship a ton of stuff, it's all open source, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right. So this alternative that the folks that Jupiter created um, is associated with when the meme coin. And so they are another team that is going to ship product and build stuff. They already are. That's associated with the cat coin of Solana. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never
1: thought of this in my life. I'd be talking about dog and cat coins, but here I am. And look, Bonk has an incredible history. I mean, I feel like we should make a Netflix movie about it at some point. And they ship. They build stuff. They integrate. They do events, like all this kind of stuff. And I can kind of see early vibes of that with When and the team behind it. If you haven't checked out Jupiter, even if you know you're not a big Solana fan, like this is arguably the best product in Web three. It's incredible the user experience and how how the team ships and and how they think about um, engineering uh, products and product design. It's, it's incredible and. This when is associated with Jupiter. So again, probabilistically, I look at this and go, this one probably has a shot at being pretty meaningful. And I wouldn't be surprised to see when being integrated in a lot of what Jupiter is doing. And if you guys are aware, Jupiter had you know the largest airdrop in Solana's history, about seven hundred million bucks. Yep. Um, you know. So yes, I'm a big fan of Jupiter. I'm a big fan of when. Uh, yes, I'm a, I have a position, et cetera, all that disclosure shit. But like, honestly, it very much looks similar to me, uh, for what you could see with what happened with Bonk and how it was integrated into the Solana ecosystem, that kind of carrying over into like the NFT space, as well as the broader Jupiter kind of product suite.
0: I mean, fascinating. You know, we just lived through the Jupiter airdrop. Interesting that you are so interested in when, because I I feel like people were telling me and these People weren't necessarily sophisticated, but people in the kind of NFT Solana ecosystem talking about uh, when being overshadowed by Jupe and that when's future is not as strong as the Jupe token's future. But obviously, uh, Joe McCann thinks differently. Technically not a dog coin, but we'll give him the cat coin on this one, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs)
1: That is fair. That's a good point. That is fair.
0: Uh, Joe, we know you have to run. Thank you so much for joining again. Last time you came on, it was right after, uh, you know, we had a little banking crisis. So great to have you on now after the ETF is approved before the halving and before what feels like could be uh, a cycle that'll go down in history. Uh, People can follow at Go Asymmetric if they want to follow the fund Asymmetric. That's at Go Asymmetric on Twitter. Your handle is just your name, at Joe McCann. Anywhere else you want to send people?
1: Yeah. So there's a, uh, I have, you know, a free non-paid trader chat room. Uh, there it is Joe's Crypt. Uh, I do recommend that. And there is a, uh, uh, like that's my broadcast channel. So my stream of consciousness as well.
0: Uh, the ghost in the machine got, oh, there, uh, there we go. I was going to say the ghost in the machine got your headphones again, right? When you were plugging your, uh, your telegram. So,
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, so, so, it's uh, t.me slash Joe's Crypt, And then uh, the Market Mercenaries chat is associated with it on Telegram as well. It's a lot of really good uh, traders and, and uh, you know market participants in there.
0: Absolutely. I didn't even know that you had this. If there's one thing I know, the producer of this show, Clemente, is a thousand percent. I probably already jumped in that as soon as uh, you brought it up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow Joe at Joe McCann on Twitter at Go Asymmetric if you want to follow the fund. Joe, I know you got to run. Thanks so much for joining us today. And hopefully we can do this again. All right, guys. Thanks.
1: Pleasure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Likewise. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. We do the show every Tuesday. 2 p.m. Eastern time, usually, right here on Twitter Spaces, YouTube, Apple, and Spotify Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. The show is brought to you in partnership with Leather, Leather and the Trust Machines ecosystem. You heard Joe say some really nice things about Trust Machines during the show. We're super excited about partnering with Leather, Leather being the only Bitcoin wallet that you need to tap into the emerging Bitcoin economy, including ordinals and emerging Bitcoin L2s. For more information on Leather, follow them at LeatherBTC on Twitter. Visit leather.io to download leather for free. That's our show. Uh, Trevor joining us on video. I'll make sure to get him more integrated next week, but great to just have his face rocking with the ninja hat during the show. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back one week from today with another kick.